and welcome back to another episode of Civil Discord, your weekly dose of radical curiosity. This episode is a very special episode um, because we're probably going to be releasing this. Uh, this is like midweek um, type episode recording for us or whatnot. So this is this is great. It's, um, it's special for a number of reasons. One, if you are watching the video, you will see exactly why it's so special because there is there is a, uh, an additional face, beautiful, handsome young face that is that is with us. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll dive in dive into that here pretty soon. But before we before we do, as always, I am one of your hosts, the notorious BLG, aka Maurice Jones, out here in the People's Republic of Texas, that is doing such a great thing. Um, it's hot. It is miserable. Uh, but nonetheless, we are still um, living out here in Texas. It is great. Gas is not as high as it is. Yeah. Rest of everywhere else in, in America, which I don't know is a good thing or not. But um, this episode is not going to discuss any of that. Hopefully, maybe it will. Maybe it won't, depending on how things go. But with me, as always, is the supreme overlord of liberty, Amanda Ajax the Griff out there in the People's Republic of California. Amanda, how's it going? It's going fine. I my face is very prominent right now. I just have to say on the screen, I've got Magoo's kind of got a purple tone. You kind of got a purple tone, and then I'm just front and center, and I'm super bright. Um, it's going all right. It's I I very very I scheduled a very very untimely uh, session for my Darkness at Noon reading week. So every year I have a tradition of reading Darkness at Noon, which is fantastic. Everyone should read it once per year, uh, and then give yourself some time to recover. Um, so it's, yeah, this is a difficult week for me to be reading darkness at noon with hearings and we're discussing party dynamics right now. Right. So it's going to be weird, but anyway, <laughs> I'm okay. Other than that. Yeah. Gotta love it. And Amanda already alluded to it, but we have a very special guest on. If you guys have been following us from the very beginning, this is a repeat offender on the civil discord podcast. He was our very first guest on here and he is our very first repeat guest on here um out there in georgia i believe he's still out there in georgia home of the bulldogs who are the current reigning national champions and the braves who are currently the world series world series champions as well too until that they get dethroned this year as well too is mr jim magoo how are you doing sir what's going on guys maurice that was the best intro i've ever gotten uh <laughs> i just i think i'm gonna clip that out and save it for all of my future appearances on everything. Um, no, I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me back. Um, I look forward to our discussion. Should be fun. Even when we're not recording, they tend to be pretty fun and lively. Always. So uh, I just have a quick question, though. Is that darkness at noon? Is that like the post reading clarity after sex at dawn? <laughs> or or do they not connect it? I'm, I'm not a big reader. You'll learn that as the episode goes on. I don't, I don't you know. You should a lot read about darkness at noon. You know, um, there's not much sex at dawn in this in this book, um, mm. so I'm inclined to say it is. So to get, to give a little bit of background, it is a it's a kind of sort of pre Iron Curtain inspired um, dystopian, but it's very very closely based on real events um, and basically uh, you know um, forced confessions and show trials um, during the upheavals in an unnamed country, but it's clear that it is it's. It's Russia, the the, the motherland, um, a communist Russia. Um, and part of the reason that it's so uncomfortable is because as if, if you're a libertarian, you know this, there is a little closet 
communist revolutionary that lives inside every libertarian. Mm -hmm. um, and so there is one particular character in this book who is basically me as a communist revolutionary. Hmm. And uh, so I, I have to confront myself with this character so as not to become this character. And I have to do that once a year. But it's a great book and I highly recommend it. Darkness at Noon, Arthur Kessler. Check it out. Face your darkness, Amanda. We all have a little bit in us. Exactly. I more more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another book to add to the great uh, civil civil discord podcast reading list, um, for sure. But if you were if you listened to us last time, we uh, last time we, we had Jim on here, we um, we discussed a little bit about how things should move forward as far as libertarians and ideologies and 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 how to really make an impact um, with within our said culture community political however we um whichever direction we decided to go but we have him back on because um i feel like a lot of our listeners are probably libertarian of some sort um and they may or may not know that uh that the mises caucus i called them the meacocks um <laughs> the mises caucus has actually taken over the libertarian party i mean we just kind of wanted to discuss that um Jim is definitely in a lot more in the trenches in this than we are. And so we wanted to bring him on here just to kind of give a, get a history of, of what has transpired, how things went down and how things may or may not proceed in the future. So, Jim, if you just want to start us off, just what exactly happened and then we can just kind of go from there. Sure. Um, so whatever I said the first time I was on, uh, I'm it's a decent likelihood that i probably have changed my stance i don't even remember what oh, it was good. But... no because um, the episode was called bolshevik libertarians you, yes. you're, there's a theme to, to, the, <laughs> yeah. to the titles of, um but yeah no you were talking about what the best way is to uh institute uh political change yes so yeah such a weird week for me to be reading dark just just go on just go on if, if my take on the first episode i was on was uh they need to relate more to normies uh then i still agree with that <laughs> but what I will say is, is I, I'm obviously I'm I'm ripping some old Mises Caucus gear. I don't even think they make this anymore. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not as involved as I was, um, but I still am far more involved than I think most people. Uh, I'm in. I'm still in all the LM or uh, LPMC Discord, Facebook, mm -hmm. uh, all the different Mises adjacent podcast groups. I'm still in all that. Still got a lot of friends in there. A lot of good people on all sides, but um, <laughs> I'll, I'll say this, like uh, I'm still a monthly donor to Mises, mainly because if I sign up for something, I typically forget to ever uh, end it. Right. <laughs> but I, I'm not a member of the LP and I don't ever intend on being a member of the LP, not because uh, I don't like what is going on, but I just don't foresee myself ever registering with any party ever regardless right. of what's going on. I just, I don't see the benefit there. Um, if I want to help a candidate or whatever, I'll just write him a check. Um, but anyway, so what has, what had happened was about <laughs> five years ago, um, a guy by the name of Michael Heiss was looking around at the Libertarian Party and the way that it was currently being run and had been run for over a decade before then was that he felt that the, what brought him into Libertarian movement which would be ron paul was completely uh non-existent in the party that the mm -hmm. party was being run by more regime um 
what's the word? I guess friendly kind mm-hmm. of people and when you say more... regime, sorry. So, like for example, this uh, over you know this past uh, election cycle, twenty twenty, the main messaging that was coming out of the party from the presidential candidate as well as uh, establishment liber- LNC types was. You know, take the vaccine. Vaccines are good. This is a good thing. Wear your mask. You don't want to get people sick. Stay at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, get double vaxxed. They were they were echoing everything that you would hear from the corporate media and any mainstream outlet. And so it was like, well, first of all, these don't really align with libertarian values of uh, self-autonomy, self-ownership, personal right. responsibility, private property rights. You know, the key foundations of libertarian thought and philosophy they they were they were absent from their messaging and this was noticeable years before 2020 right and so michael heiss said you know what i'm going to try to i know they're out there because there was a lot of people in 08 and 12 when ron paul ran for president mm-hmm. and he said it's time to go find those people they're probably politically homeless not like in the republican party not like in the obviously probably would never be a democrat let's go find those people and let's mm-hmm. reignite this thing and let's blow it up and blow it up as in let's amass the biggest number of libertarian minded libertarians and let's take the libertarian party back right from leftist leaning regime echoing uh libertarians right in, in quotes okay and so he started the caucus and just through grassroots efforts of knocking doors, making calls, doing fundraising, uh, blowing up social media and getting his friends to spread the message. He got the attention of some prominent libertarian mouthpieces. Uh, and that's not meant as a derogatory term by any means, but of like Tom Woods and Dave Smith. Right. And, you know, Michael Malice, Eric July, those kind of guys. And then they they bazookaed his message to the masses and it immediately uh, took off with a very large number of people which eventually five years later culminated in what happened uh may 26 28 29 something like that out in reno nevada at this year's annual or i don't know if it's annual libertarian national convention Mm -hmm. where they send all of their party delegates to elect the new committee members the new uh office staff that's going to be actually running the party pushing the messaging and uh carrying out the ideals of the current party. Um, And when that, so when that took place, there was this whole push and they were labeling it the Reno reset uh, or the takeover, the great Mm -hmm. Mises caucus takeover. It was built, it was advertised as that for about two years. Yeah. And, and the Mises caucus delegates, delegation showed up uh, at about, anywhere between 65 and 75% of the total number of people. Oh, wow. And so, because they still believe in democracy, uh, everything (laughs) is voted on and they, they swept it every position they were running for. I think with the exception of one, um, backup position, Mm -hmm. they, they got their, they got their person in, uh, new chair, new vice chair, new treasurer, uh, new at larges, every position, every key position within the party. If it wasn't a Mises caucus member, it was a Mises caucus um, ally or right. adjacent or somebody that was friendly with the Mises caucus. Okay. So that now the party 
everything that they now do moving forward will kind of have a pre-approval of the Mises caucus. Right. Um, which I'm sure a lot of people are going, well, yeah, it was li it's libertarian saying libertarian things. How would that not be the case? But if anybody has been paying attention, obviously there was a, uh, a big shift that a lot of people felt needed to For happen. Sure. And, and that's that quickly and kind of very not detail oriented uh, brings us up to speed from inception to uh, right now. Right. And so, and, and I, I know um, back in my, back in my podcast listening, podcast cast listening, heydays, excuse me. Um, when I was commuting an hour to work and an hour back or whatnot, I, I remember I used to live, I used to listen to part of the problem. Dave Smith was always talking about, Hey, you know, libertarians uh the mises caucus we're he he termed it the libertarian party takeover like we are going to take over the party and um and of course he got a lot of pushback from that from people who were who 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 are allies of him and people who were like eh not really sure you should use that because when you think takeover you think something hostile and mm -hmm. and so forth and so um but and it was all indicate um indicative of him running for president in 2024 as far as as far as being the, the libertarian party nominee and so forth and so i remember every single every single episode i was listening to it he was he would talk about it in some sort make sure that you get specific people to be the chair um like all of these things have to take place in order for us to go this and of course i mean he was getting i mean he was getting some he was getting criticized by i mean some well-known libertarians or whatnot saying like hey you know this is this is stupid why are you going about why why would the Mises caucus go about doing things like this and so forth and then i mean and to be fair there was fair criticism and then he had some fair points he's like hey like i mean if if we're going to say that hey that something that has our name on it is espousing these beliefs then let's make sure it's espousing the right beliefs and so forth and so there the, there was a lot of um a, a lot of that going on and whatnot so um that being said um, amanda do you have any questions so far uh, yeah, I'm so I'm I'm curious. First of all, um, I think you and I, Magoo, were both talking. Well, we were all three talking before the show, and uh, I had mentioned that I, I'm I'm a contrarian, and I also like to be pressed, and I like to press others. Mm -hmm. And so, whatever caucus and type of leadership is most dominant in any party, but let's just talk about the Libertarian Party. Um, it, I am going to critique it more. So when you had the when when you had the previous leadership, I was more critical of their messaging with the Mises caucus now very, very prominent in the Libertarian Party. I'm more inclined to critique them uh, more more openly. Um, and you were talking about, I think that there was uh, there's a bit of a falling out uh, between a, a former Mises caucus member. Right. And uh, and the current leadership. Yeah. So a lot of there's a lot of this libertarian stuff exists on the Internet, mainly oh, yes. on Twitter. Yeah. And so <laughs> which we all know, and I'm sure I'm not stepping on a line by saying that uh, Twitter's a cesspool and it uh, it's not real life. But right. it seems to every now and then kind of like Stranger Things, the upside down ends up bleeding into the real world mm -hmm. and it actually starts affecting what people do. And so the buildup to this great reset, there's uh, some prominent 
I, and I wasn't even, I don't even know if they were Mises members, maybe at one time, but they were definitely Mises adjacent, Mises, fr- Mises friendly. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're in that camp if they were going to have a camp to choose, you know, like the Pete Quinoneses, um, mm-hmm. who I love listening to and respect. And, you know, I, I there's a lot of Mises people that uh, don't like the people I'm about to say, but uh, I still like them all a great deal. But like Pete Quinones and Mark Clare. Tho Bishop, uh, guys like that, that have been openly critical, as well as uh, Andrew at Popular Liberty, Matt Erickson with King Pilled. Again, I mm-hmm. like all these guys. Right. Um, so this isn't even like a, again, this is more of a uh, beef stays on Twitter. It's not real life um, <laughs> as far as the way I see it. Right. But they have been critical of the idea that you can actually achieve liberty via a political party. Right. That politics is not the pathway towards liberty it is a pathway towards a lot of effort and time and money that will go to no benefit of that individual right that if you want liberty in your lifetime you have to go create it you have to go either find it fight for it or create it and then maintain it and you're not going to get that through a political party a political party is not going to be the device that saves you Mm. And that, for whatever reason, seems to be highly problematic, if I can use a leftist term, um, (laughs) highly problematic to a lot of the Meacock faithful, Mm. which to me bewilders me. I'll never understand. And I think what it really comes down to, uh, if I can kind of cut to the, the point of this whole thing, is that it comes down to because it's happening on Twitter. And that nobody has bedside manner on Twitter. Everyone is basically, everyone reads every tweet that doesn't agree with them as though it's written in all caps. Right. Everybody thinks that everybody's yelling at each other. Right. Um, There's no sense of humor. There's no sarcasm font. So it just only makes people upset. No matter what you say, if you just say, no, I just think it's a waste of time. They read it as, no, you freaking moron. It's a waste of time. Like Exactly. Just loser. And so it's, it's to me, the people that are pursuing their own personal liberty uh, probably shouldn't even be on Twitter. It's a waste of your time to be on Twitter to tell these people that it's a waste of their time. Right. Um, but I understand the message because I'm not reading it like you're scorning me. I go, yeah, no, that's a good point. If right. you can't afford the $5 a month to donate to the Mises Caucus or the $1,500 for the long weekend or whatever to fly out to Reno, uh, to play politics, then yeah, you should probably not be involved. Right. You're not in a position to help anybody achieve anything, much less your own self. Exactly. To me, there's good people on both sides. Uh, They're both (laughs) making good points. It's, it's not like one is telling the other person, um, you know, well, maybe they are telling each other to go F themselves, but to me, it's just like, no, that's, that's, a valid argument. That's also from somebody that's been in this longer than you that has made this a career and mm-hmm. are opting out of pursuing it. That's hurting their bank account. They're not they're not going to be financially better off by removing themselves from the pursuit that you're engaged in. They could actually make a lot more money off of you, but because they're saying, "Look, I also want liberty, same as you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lead you down this path that I think is a uh a large time suck and a large money pit. Right. And so to me, it's like, you can also look at it that way. But yeah. A lot of people don't seem to look at it as like, Hey, these people have led me along for seven years. 
to this point, and now they see a a uh, a problem in that uh, a fallacy in that philosophy. Mm. So and and I because I, I, and I remember when, when a lot of this criticism was happening, um, and 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 they, they were criticizing a lot of me because uh, the the Mises Caucus and because I mean I, I used to um, Jason Stapleton, a wealth, power, and influence. They would. I mean, and a lot of times they would uh, they would very much say, hey, these are friends of mine, so I cannot so so I don't have to pull punches. Mm-hmm. And they would outwardly express like, like, hey, this is a stupid idea. You know, they, they would kind of mock it and things of that nature. And so and and, and of course, you know, some of the people who, who they were going after, they didn't take it to anything like it was like, like, like OK, like, cool, like they have their. They have their say. I have my say, and and um, and and we'll move on, or whatnot. But I know um, that it was who was it? Um, Vin Armani, and was it Dave Smith that got into it? Like got into it, got into it via via Twitter. I mean, yep. and it set set Libertarian Twitter on fire. Like, oh my gosh, you know. And a lot of people and, type it in all caps that way. <laughs> yes, yes. That and and that. That was definitely one of the ones where it's like you have um, going back to Twitter being being the cesspool. I feel like there are a lot of people who like to punch up. And so there's they they will they will say a few things, a shots here and there, because they know that what they're going to say is going to rile some feathers and somebody's going to get a reaction and it's going to increase their following, increase their brand. And to be and and, and, in all honesty, Matt Erickson says that he does this. He like mm-hmm. like he talks about hey in order to increase my brand in order to decrease who I am I need to go after people who are well known and so um, I I I think that that's a lot of it too it's hey I'm trying to increase my brand and trying to increase the the autonomy that I like to preach and hey you know I mean because he is one of those guys who preaches that hey I am going to do this and and that way I can make sure that I am even more. Um, independent of all things whether that's uh twitter or um I, you know i am helping people to reach a point in life where they can afford the fifteen hundred dollars or so forth kind of thing as opposed to trusting somebody else to take to, to to do all the work for them kind of thing yeah and i will say this real quick about matt erickson um he no longer really engages like that that was at the beginning to yeah for sure you know, build since then through the whole COVID thing uh and this isn't like doxing or putting his personal stuff out on front street, mm-hmm. but he's moved out of California. I think he lives in Texas now. Um, he's joined a local church. He's very active in that. Mm-hmm. And he's focused a lot more on his family and in, actually right. just his, his actual personal foundations. So he's, he's far less active in that Avenue. So I do want to at least give him, yeah, give him, for sure. Give him that update. But I will say Andrew from Property Lib- uh, Popular Liberty very much does that. I've had one on one discussions with him. Like, I'm just curious, man, like um, out of all of the in- the entirety of the Internet. Why are you chipping off and and sniping at a small group within a small you know, uh, fringe political? I, like, why are why are you having your customer base be this small mm-hmm. when? you can make it, you know, even this bigger, right? This much bigger, you know, um, by just going after the actually people that you already align with, like, why are you pointing your guns backwards shooting at the people that aren't coming with you anyway? 
Mm-hmm. And he's like, and then he's explained himself, and I won't be able to explain it as well as he has, but he did make it known that that was his intent was to pick because he, he doesn't need that many people is what he says. I just need mm. a few. I just need a few. So mm. if I can just chip away at a few of the people that I know their language, then I can have them come on board with me. And that's all I need. And right. so I'm just like, OK, well, you're I don't know. That's grifting. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it, to me, it's like there's a lot of arguments that could be made in that direction. It's like, well, they're not coming and you're only going to piss people off and you're kind of fucking up everybody's timeline. So right. could you could you maybe pick a different uh, clientele set? <laughs> exactly. Well, so we're dancing around this, the social media dimension of all this, right? So it seemed to me that throughout, that the, the, the problem with both iterations of the Libertarian Party, uh, pre-Mises and, and now, um, is that both of them were very, very aware of social media audiences. And, and Mises is, is even just saying, you know, we're recording podcast audiences. Okay. Um, now, the earlier LP, Libertarian Party, was courting, I think, more of the of the of the left word leaning people that they yes. wanted to that they wanted to draw in. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you have the Mises Caucus, which is courting uh, extremely online rightward libertarians. I'm not sure whether either of those approaches is necessarily good for winning actual public sentiment outside of Twitter. Um, and I think this is a this is a problem that the Libertarian Party's had in general. So okay, you're gonna confine yourself to social media, fine. You're gonna confine yourself to a lot of people who don't typically vote anyhow. Well, okay, that that's strategic, right? Because you know, they, they, there's no party tie, but there's not a sense of building organic sentiment within the overall political landscape. That's what seems lacking to me. Yes. Even with the sweeping overtaking of the Libertarian Party by the Mises Caucus, they still are of but a fraction and the smallest fraction of the American voting population, much right. less the political uh, population. They're insignificant. They're, they're actually yes. meaningless. They don't threaten anything. Their rhetoric sounds threatening, but their actual the actual power that they can wield is uh, statistically insignificant, mm-hmm. basically a statistical zero. And that's why I'm open to the remarks and ideas of the Pete's and Mark Claire's and all them that are like, if you actually want to achieve something politically, you need to be a part of a party that will win just for the fact that you have a letter next to your name. Yeah. Um, And stop thinking that people actually vote based on principles. They don't. Yes. I don't know how many elections we need to see where until we're, uh, proven that that is the case. Like nobody votes on principles. Right. Some um, people vote on principles. So I didn't say I didn't specify a quantity. I just said yeah. some people vote on sure. principles. Yeah. Greater those, than zero. And those people that vote on principles are never going to change those principles because of a fringe third party loud on social media, uh, you know, message. Right. And so, in a way, I'm kind of doing that whole like. Hey, I'm happy the Mises Caucus took over the Libertarian Party. I still just don't know what that's going to end up meaning. I think right. our little our little fan club, our little Liberty fan club, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be so much fun. The messaging is going to be just off the chain. They're going to say in the Fed a lot. They're going to do a lot of things that the old right. one wasn't doing. But when it comes down to 
who's in positions of power, mm-hmm. uh, even locally. And this is kind of me saying this as a challenge. I want to be proven wrong. Yeah. I don't want to be right. Saying that the Libertarian Party is insignificant politically and is incapable of wielding power is the laziest thing that can be said about the Libertarian Party. Everybody knows it's true. Right. Um, I finally want to be proven wrong. Mm. I would love for them to be a significant force to get 25 to 30 percent of the national attention to where the other two parties then had to start, you know, adjusting their plan so that they would still retain power. They now have to answer to us. Not saying the libertarians are going to win because personally, I don't give a shit what party affiliation someone has who's in office. I don't care. Right. It turns out that right now uh, I like the Republicans more than the Democrats, but I don't want Ted Cruz to represent me. I, or Dan Crenshaw or a oh, God. Republicans or Lindsey Graham, you know, <laughs> heart. Um, however, they are less bad. And that's always the game of politics. Who's the right. least bad? You're, you're, you're choosing the lesser of two evils. You're damn right. Exactly. I'm not going to choose the greater of two evils. Right. Be, I, I've I, never understood people that say that is like, oh, that's just that's just voting for the lesser of two eagles or evils. It's like, yeah, I wish everybody would, to be honest with you. But, you know. And, you know, I think we need to differentiate, too, between electoral victories and victories that are political in a more general sense, right? Mm. Because I agree with you that probably we're not going to have a libertarian candidate elected as president um, in 2024. I think it's extremely unlikely. Um, But what you can do as libertarian party serves rightly or wrongly, and I say this as someone who's not really part of the Libertarian Party, but identifies as a small libertarian for the most part, um, the Libertarian Party serves as a messaging organization in part because, you know, there's such, it's so condensed because there are so few outlets for libertarian messaging, Mm -hmm. right? So what the Libertarian Party does in terms of promoting candidates, in terms of its messaging, really has an impact on how pe- what, what people affiliate with libertarianism um, and how people understand the cause that is more broadly known as liberty-oriented. Um, so this is where I see the Libertarian Party being able to serve a role that extends outside being a Ron Paul fan club which is, I think, the, I'm sure the Mises Caucus could do a great job of making the Libertarian Party a Ron Paul fan club. Um, instantly, Ron Paul ran as a Republican. Um, and I know that Nate Thurston of Good Morning Liberty has made that point, so thank you, Nate. Um, but what I want from a party of the LP caliber in an ideal world would be to have it serve a messaging function, have it serve an intellectual function, have it serve this. And so, yeah, maybe we don't get the electoral victory, but we start doing messaging that plants the seeds of, okay, maybe this this is messed up. Maybe this is a better way to do it. And I do think you do it through, uh, through discrete policy measures rather than going to the root and appealing to principles, because you are correct. Most people don't really even have a sense of what is my political axiology, much less... Right. How do I, how does my policy preference reflect that? Yeah. And not only that, who, who on this screen correlates to those that I'm voting for? Like, okay, mm-hmm. I know, I, even if you know what yours are, do you take the time to even know what each candidate that's on that ballot actually, you know, stands for, wants to do, and right. do they believe it? 
And so, um, and I'm glad you brought up the messaging because I'm coming off pretty critical of the Mises caucus right now, even though I'm wearing a Mises shirt and they just had the <laughs> biggest victory uh, of their five year, you know, lifespan. But it's because um, I still see political parties as a mechanism to win elections. I Political parties only exist in my eye. I know that some people can argue, uh, you know, con contrarian to that, um, that political parties only exist to get people elected to positions of power. Oh, and if you're, in, okay. if you're incapable, yeah. if you're incapable of doing that, then maybe you shouldn't be a party. Maybe you should be a lobbyist group. Mm. Maybe you should be a caucus that's infiltrating the other parties. And mm -hmm. because they're spineless, if you start to swell, they will topple over and you can affect a lot more, a lot faster. There's an argument for that. Mm -hmm. And so to me, because I've always heard just drilled in my head, political parties only exist to get people elected into office. Um, if that's not going to be a reality, then maybe it shouldn't exist. I love the Mises ideology. I love the Mises messaging. Right. But to boost it out to everybody, you can you can go the the internet pathway, the the Joe Rogans, the Tim Pools, um, and the Kennedys of the world. Right. Which is great. They have huge audiences, but right. you could still go to a random shopping center in Sheboygan and say, "What do you know about libertarianism?" I'd be like. Oh, isn't that the party that had that naked dude dancing on stage or like a guy with the a boot, boot on his head? Or yep. Like, or Gary Johnson, the guy that didn't know diddly dick about Aleppo or, you know, what, so they, what they perceive of the Libertarian Party. They're never, they, believe it or not, the <laughs> vastly more people in America don't watch Joe Rogan than do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still the you still have to get on the national TV waves to to actually be known to the voting base. You do, Agreed. you do. But yeah, I'm, I'm, lastly, I'm curious, Amanda. Uh, do you disagree with uh, my take on political parties and why they exist? Uh, I'm an all of the above person, so I think that yeah, the the function of the political party is an organizational one. And it, it exists. One of the main things that political parties do is, is they organize to get candidates elected. Um, but I also think that when, especially with a third party, right, or a minor party, uh, a presidential campaign or any campaign, let's just go with presidential. But a presidential campaign is a PR campaign for the cause. It's holy crap. It, but it, it's a PR campaign for libertarianism in, in that sense, a libertarian presidential campaign. Um, and I, that I think is a useful function because libertarianism isn't often magnified when you can get someone on the debate stage that says, hey, I'm a libertarian, what's up? Here's what I believe. Here's the way that I present my beliefs. That does send a message. Uh, and I, you know, you, you note very correctly that, you know, it sends a message when you've got the naked people on stage, right? And that's how people associate libertarians. So the presidential campaigns are important. They do serve a function. There's no, uh, nobody's naive enough, or few people are, to think that there's actually going to be a libertarian presidential or at many local levels victory. But I do think that, uh, that parties in general do serve a much more broader organizational structure, and particularly for minor parties, that has to do with 
public relations and messaging just as much as getting people in the halls of power. But I don't dispute your fifth column, uh, your, your, you know, have, have a caucus go in and, and infiltrate another party. I'm all for that. So we can have everything. Yeah. I'm more of like a multi, uh, fight a war on many fronts. Yeah. Kind of. Right. Like, you know, fight, fight to win and do everything to win from messaging to influencing to mm -hmm. buying to buy politicians they are for mm -hmm. sale they're out there yeah um go infiltrate lobbying groups B play the game as it is played yeah and just play it better yeah learn how to play it first right now you got half the libertarian uh movement or liberty movement libertarians whatever that think that the game shouldn't exist well good luck convincing the people in the game that are benefiting from the exactly game, that are making a lot of money from the game willingly just giving it up and saying right. you know what <laughs> why didn't right. i think of that i wish exactly. i didn't have all this money no you need to get in there and you need to infiltrate and just overtake take over okay literally you, you've proven that you can take over the libertarian party now go take over one of the big ones right that, that would be my like going back to the messaging thing a lot of uh establishment libertarians especially left-leaning ones prags that all of that are very unhappy and a lot of people have left the libertarian party because of the mises caucus takeover uh because they vehemently disagree with the messaging and uh we are not the same right. i disagree with a lot of the messaging because it doesn't go far enough mm. Mm -hmm. yep because it still includes a lot of leftist terminology mm -hmm. and a lot of existing like the shadows are still on the wall kind of stuff like we're still mm -hmm. we're still remembering those that were just here a moment ago and in fact we actually would really like to start extending olive branches and i'm like no burn it down you know <laughs> screw them keep going forward take this momentum and build momentum don't right. stop now don't stop now when right. you have the the wind at your back right um so that's my criticism is i uh, now, kind of echoing what you said, Amanda, now that they are uh, the soul bearers of the Libertarian Party, now I'm going to be critical. I wasn't critical on the way up because, mm -hmm. hey, whatever it takes, get it done. Right. Um, but now that you're there, if this is if, you, if, if this is your glass ceiling and you're like, we're just going to hang out here. We're right. Just, we're going to get used to these this new office space and kind of relax. I'll be like, no. Screw that. I'm out. Yeah, uh, I'm done. Uh, I will retract my five dollars a month. Like it's time to blow this thing up the way it needs to. Right. Um, and, and as you should. Yeah, as you should. Like, I mean, it, it that that's the the whole idea of 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 growth and building like you don't just reach a certain pinnacle and just say, OK, hey, hey, look, my mom made it. And you, and you just stay there like, no, you once you've achieved the goal it's it's the idea of okay what's next how do we tackle this you know th this next yeah you know you take a day or two to celebrate hey i made it or whatnot but there are things that need to be done you can't just say like the end goal was never to just take over the lp the, the, the lp like like if that was the end goal then my god we're thinking small you know like it, yeah. it's it's um it's it's a thing where you have to make sure that you are preparing for the next step and I'm I'm the same way. I mean, I Mises knows. Like, I mean, I want I got I got the shirts, you know, <laughs> like 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 all of those things. But you want to make sure that as soon as you know and understand, like, okay, hey, now that you're in power, what are you going to do? 
answer those questions and move forward. And and go, going back to your points as far as infiltrating, I 100% like I am of the mindset of of hey, I don't think any of this stuff should exist. I mean, I'm an ANCAP for God's sake, like, but I am not of the mindset of that, that I'm going to convince people of my of my um, political philosophy, like, at all. My wife doesn't even believe it. I mean, like, let's be real. It, I am the minority of minorities of minorities. Like, I mean, <laughs> I really am. Be a black man saying that, like, go figure. So, um, but um, you, you, you mentioned about how they uh how we need to play the game like it's played like eric july says this all the time like yeah we hold our principles and we do all these things but we got to stop being some sort of milk toast type libertarians republicans or conservatives of whatever we are and start understanding that the game is rigged and and he uses the best analogy that i could ever think of you're in a boxing match and you are over here trying to fight fair when your opponent has loaded gloves they bought off the judge, they bought off the referee, and they bought off all the fans. And you're sitting here trying to co- appeal to people saying, hey, this isn't a fair fight. Just like, no, find your ways to infiltrate. Figure out a way to do a low blow. Like, do a low blow. Like, that's fine. Okay? Load your gloves. Buy off a referee or two or 50. Like, buy off some judges. Get into the game and play the game like it's supposed to be played. Like, this is politics. We're playing. If, if we're going to be a part of the game, play the game. And yep. this is why I I, I enjoy both li- listening to all sides because you'll hear you'll hear the Dave Smiths, the the the, the, the Mises Caucus peoples, the um, talk about hey, we're taking over the LP, we're going to do things in a political way, and then you'll hear the other people who's saying hey, like you know, develop your own autonomy, be based on yourself, because in true honesty everybody both sides need each other to be successful like you need the lp to have to make some sort of dent into liberty-minded people and the messaging to be clear because regardless of where you live they can come for you even if you're in the great state of texas they can come for you like even if you were out there in saipan they can come for you so let's not assume that that we don't need this other side to 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 help push forward this this liberty movement but then again you also need to be you also need um you need the messaging of the people who are autonomous and saying hey if you cannot afford five dollars a month you have no business being on this train like learn how to afford things five dollars a month learn how to how to be autonomous and and to to live on to live by yourself and not be dependent on anybody else because the more people you have on both sides i the, I, I think it is better for liberty as a whole and i hate using that term but it is better for everybody because it, it does push things forward and, and then and then you do have the ability to buy off a few judges and you and and I mean that analogy wise, not not uh, yeah, sure. No, no, we have I have it recorded now. So that's going like, I've already said like now. four times. Yeah, the official transcript referees. has been written. Exactly. I will take like, your retraction later. Uh, I don't, I'm not retracting anything. Oh, Buy well, off that's some going judges. into buy off some judges i don't care do it but maurice you might want to check and see if you can buy off amanda uh, to get her to change the record (laughs) 
Well, she, control, she controls the, the Twitter, and I can definitely uh, start start making some crazy stuff and be like, uh, Maurice, we got to calm down on all the posts now. <laughs> <I'm> like, yes. <laughs> See, this this buying off people is scalable. You got to start yes, locally. It is. And so I do agree. Like, like I've already said, I, I agree with the get your life in order, uh, you know, clean your room, that kind of thing. Right. And, and start from uh, the perspective of yourself and then work out. Um, and so I do, I actually am hopeful that the Libertarian Party in its current iteration will actually get some victories on local uh, seats across the I think country. they can. Whether it's, you know, uh, county commissioner, sheriff, you know, whatever. Right. I do oh, think they'll, we can get they'll some sheriffs. I'm all for it. Oh, dude, if they do that, I might yeah. be looking to oh. pick up and I'll move for that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, like all of a sudden you're going to end up having like uh sheriff nullification. Like I've heard of jury nullification, but you get sheriffs out there. They're like, yeah, I don't care what the, I don't care what the law <laughs> are in that big building. I'm not enforcing it. It's like, right now I'm, now uh, I'm yeah, I'm hit. Um, but it's, it's I don't know. It's it's too easy. This is why I know that deep down in my heart, regardless of what title I give myself, I probably am a libertarian because of my inherent contrarianism. It's mm -hmm. like mm. if you would have told me three years ago, you know, pre-COVID especially, that you know, in the in the next four years, the Mises Caucus would be the prevailing, um, dominating you know, membership of the LP and Dave Smith is going to be running for president. They're going to push him to move uh, or uh, run for president with Maj Ture as his VP, which I, there's other people I would like to see other than Maj. But if you would have just told me that, that Mises Caucus will own the entire party and Dave Smith's running for president, I would have been, I would have been just as giddy as everybody was at Reno. Right. Um, but this, now that they have it, it's like, yeah, I can't. I, I can't be happy. <laughs> right. I can't look at that and just say, woohoo. I have to look at it and go, how can this fail? Right. Mm -hmm. And and it's not because uh, I hate myself or or just can't can't stay on one track and like pull for something more than a couple of years. It's it's because I think there's a damaging aspect to blindly supporting anything mm -hmm. and, and hero worship. For and sure. As the party gets bigger. And as the the message hits more ears and more people come in, you're there. There's a there's an inherent human characteristic where you want to make things bigger than they actually are. Mm -hmm. Dave Smith is a god. Tom Woods is untouchable. Mm -hmm. There's no criticism you can give to Michael Malice. Maj Ture is untouchable because yep. he's so tied in with Black Guns Matter and. We don't want to say anything negative about that for the love of God, yeah. because then, uh, ooh, um, and it's like, yeah, no, no, everybody's open to get it um, at any and all points. Because if for I sure. can't give it to you, then what are you going to do when you go out and into the wild and you run into people that only associate you with the the last time they saw a naked guy dancing on, on exactly. stage? Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. And you're right. It, it is uh, it is a tendency that that people have to try and, and scale things beyond their scalability, including people. Um, and it, it's it's very anti-individualist. It's not you know people are individuals. Individuals are fallible. Individuals are awesome, and individuals can proceed from the same principle and get to very different conclusions. And th this is something that. I think you're a little alluding to this a little bit 
that there are certain times that I see certain facets of the Mises affiliates not be okay with that, that you can proceed from the same principles and get different conclusions, even though you have the same sort of basis and, you know, and, and, and value system. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that I love about talking with libertarians is I can, de- I can argue with a libertarian about anything and we'll still be friends. And yeah. I can hear two libertarians arguing about anything viciously. And I, I mean, you know, very, very emphatically. <laughs> and they're still friends. And then you go up and drink on the roof and it's great. And the, the times that I have been, I've gotten the most ideological whiplash is when I'm hearing libertarians debating an issue because they're so principled and they're saying, yes, I agree with X and therefore Y. And the other person says, I agree with X, therefore let me show you how Z. And I, I want that to be an appeal for people because that is missing in the two major parties. Mm-hmm. What I worry about is that we are not getting that in some of the Mises messaging. Am I being unfair? No, but like I said, I want them to go further. So (laughs) I don't necessarily, here's my inherent issue that is going to exist no matter who's in power in the, in the LP anyway, is that you, their bumper sticker tagline for ever was we're neither left nor right. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're here to capture all the centrists. Right. All the people that don't like the Democrat Party or the Republicans, we're we're here to just we're a catch-all for the moderates. Mm-hmm. Is an, is eventually what that ends up becoming. Yeah. Yep. And moderates never push the needle. Nope. Uh, it's also not true. That's well, no, they move the needle, but <laughs> no, they're not going to no. push policy. No, I'm sorry. I was saying I was saying that we're, ne- we're neither left nor right. We're moderate is untrue as though right. there's a spectrum and you know, there's Correct. like a line. So yeah, no. No, I was saying that's what's untrue. Well, and that's that's the thing is uh, nobody ever thinks except for the, the people that have actually done introspection and are like, no, I am this and I'm okay with that. I don't need to be the guy in the middle that can play on both sides. Some sides are just wrong. If you actually have an ideology, you can't, you can't have an ideology where you agree with everybody. Yeah. Everybody's making good points. Yeah. And, uh, well, I think the left gets it right here, but the right gets it wrong here. It's like, I don't know what time and era that that was true, but I don't think it's the one we live in now. Right. And especially COVID, uh, and post COVID. Yeah. I have for sure moved further to the right because Mm. I know that anything on the left, wants to control me yep that's if if there's you know how they uh a lot of people are single issue voters like abortion's mm-hmm. my thing war's my thing the economy mm-hmm. is my thing uh controlling me is my thing yeah and and the party that seems to want to do that the most and the strictest and and uh the least favorable to me are all on the left they're yep. lefties uh they're neolibs they're actually neocons that are now you know Anyway, and that's also why I don't like the Ted Cruz's, Dan Crenshaw's, and Lindsey Graham's, because they're no mm-hmm. different. That's where party yeah. affiliation actually doesn't matter. Yes. Yeah. Your ideology I hate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I say libertarians should run as Republicans or Democrats. I don't care, because you will naturally get votes by people that don't care what you believe. Exactly. But, but I've moved further to the right just based on lived experiences 
therefore I don't have the patience to have those gentle debates with people on the left um, as much as I think I used to, because I, yeah. I see that everything is dividing further and further and further and that people, people that were on the left before are further on the left now. And the people that were right leaning are on the right before or further right now. And to bridge that gap, it's, I think that thing's over. I think that's completely over. I yeah. think it's going to have to take uh, <laughs> deleting inflation, getting rid of every idea of any mandate ever, uh, letting everybody choose however they want to live is the only way you're going to bring people back together. But as long as the conversation is, should we allow them to do this? Break it up. Right Maurice age? wants it gone. Maurice wants <laughs> Break to it burn up. it down. I'm with you, Maurice. But Break it because up. that's not a reality and we have to live in the world that, like I said, we got to play the game that is being played. We got to live in the world that's right here. So I can want that. But before we can ever live in that, we have to address it for what it is. And I know that there are people that want to do things to me that um, I can't just agree with them or, or at some point I have to go, I can't live with you. Right. You aren't ever. I have no desire to be your ally. We're never going to see eye to eye on this stuff. You need to go your way and I need to go my way. And if that exists in America and the Libertarian Party is neither right nor left, then you're you're talking to nobody. Yeah. I think you're still arguing that from a binary though, aren't you? Because mm -hmm. you're you're saying that you've moved further to the right. So does that mean that you're less libertarian? Because I I don't see it as you have a spectrum. I see that you've got multidimensionality. And so in you know, in right versus left, perhaps you've edged further to the right. Mm -hmm. But does that then make you less libertarian or are you conceding mm -hmm. that there is just right and left or no, it makes me less libertarian. Okay. Because okay. like four years ago, if you would have, if the issue of drag queen story hour or whatever came up, I'd say, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Just as long as you're not forcing that on me mm -hmm. and I don't have to live next to mm. you. Just as long as you're not bringing it to me, I don't care. But the more that I've looked at other aspects of what uh, people want to do with children yeah. from the school curriculum, masking them, uh, forced vaccines, all this other stuff that I disagree with, it's like, I don't care. It can't affect me because I don't have kids is the way that I would used to think of it. Mm -hmm. I don't care about any of that. It's not. It was the most selfish opinion. Because just as long as it didn't affect me, I don't have an opinion on it. And I could turn a blind eye as everything else and everybody else around me sunk and, you know, ruined their lives or whatever. It's like, don't care. My life's great. Mm -hmm. Eventually, you, you stop doing that when you see that it's like, yeah, but these are the same people that want to also keep me in my house, fax me up, uh, take away my guns. And this just happens to be another thing that they're doing. They're right. stacking up all the things that it's like, if I don't have an opinion on this or speak out against it, how many, how many of these, uh, it doesn't affect me until it does affect me. Right. And, and by that point, is there even going to be any ground to stand on? Right. And so but, I, I just, I look at it very differently than I did four years ago. Four years ago, if you asked me about drag story time, whatever, I'd say, I don't care. Nowadays I'm like, please should go in there with force and shut it down. <laughs> Very, <laughs> different. Very you know, different. 
now you're making the conflation, right? Because there's, so I have a couple points that I, I want to uh, ask about. So the first would be, yes, the left likes drag queen story hour, mm -hmm. which would be like a private library having a drag queen come in and read, well, I guess it's public library, but it's yeah, but like, say it's not yeah, private, yeah, no, it's no, public. No, no. Yeah, no, no, so that, <laughs> that is a difference, right? And that's, that's right. fair. But if you had like a bookstore, right? You had a, you know, mm -hmm. private bookstore that has a, a, a drag queen come in and read books. That is, mm -hmm. that is something that is a private business doing something. And that's quite different to having a bunch of school kids being forced to be vaccinated. And yes, it's true that the left has, has made both of those a couple of their pet issues. But I don't think that those two are inherently linked. And so I can say, yeah, I, I drag queen story or sure, whatever. Um, and also definitely don't have this weird, I mean, I, I don't, I don't approve of mandates, generally speaking. Um, and then certainly not when it comes to kids, and then something that hasn't even been out for for more than a year. So those are those are two different things, and so I'm curious about the conflation with that, just because those are two issues that the left has that the left has claimed. Um, so is this just kind of a reaction against what the left does? That, yeah, sure. Um, I guess you can call me a, a reactionary, neo-reactionary. Uh, terms I no longer care about. It's more. Like, <laughs> I was just asking. I was asking no, 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 if no. this is reactionary. Oh, I'm. Yeah. I'm so the if a private uh book club or whatever wanted to do this you, that's a different thing so whatever and i'm like no 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 it's not because i look at things more about culture than i do on mm. private business ownership and doing whatever i want and just as long as that's not hurting anybody it's like yeah but i understand that if i were to have a private business doing something that was amplified to the moon anti-left I would have 150 leftists throwing mm. bricks through my window, protesting, getting me canceled, shutting down my bank account right. and doing things I would never do to them by giving them the grace of saying, well, just as long as you're doing it privately with your own, what that stuff in my eyes is over. And in the country, I see it slowly shift. I'm just looking at how everything is. Mm -hmm. not, I don't want them to be that way. Mm -hmm. I want everybody to leave each other alone and, not try to ruin each other or you know i i'm gonna ruin your access to money and so well i think you're ruining children i think you're ruining society i think you're you know uh, a christian fundamentalist that want to take us back to the story like i want everybody to just to uh, stop giving a f about what everybody else is doing and that also means the left the left needs to stop uh pushing their will on everybody else like now we have a like this is June. We're in gay pride month. I don't know why we have to celebrate what people do with their genitals. The fight's over. You were the one who talked about sex at dawn, sir. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, yeah. Isn't that like Richard Dawkins or something like that? That's a, that's an actual book. I was just making a book. Yeah, no, I'll, I'm you sure you're, you're claim it's an actual book. Okay. I'll put that down. Google. Um, it. I well, I'll let, I'll let Maurice <laughs> jump in. Cause I know I've been usurping this conversation, but um, I, no, you're fine. I, I had, a follow-up so you so you said that you maurice is just like i'm leaving <laughs> he's like talk. i'm out I'm whatever i love you maurice no um, you're good but so you you said um that you care about culture mm -hmm. and 
you are, you know, you're, you care about culture more than the institutions of the state and so forth. And yeah, you also made a comment, maybe you were being a little bit facetious, but you say, you know, drag queen story hour, cops got to come in and shut it all down. So that would be using the state as a means of cultural enforcement, correct? Yes. And so that would make you, and you've conceded that you are now less libertarian. Um, and that's, that's part of that transition. Yeah. Okay. yeah because, okay. because, um, I haven't seen any right wing drag queen story hour. I'm sure it probably exists. Charlie Kirk definitely wants to do as he is, but <laughs> they used, they used the state to be able to have that. Mm. So the state is supporting it. Mm. So I don't see any difference using the state to not have it exist. Like if a city or a town in Montana, like if somebody wanted to rent out the local pub and do that, and the local sheriff said, no, we're not doing that here. I'm going to shut it down. That's no different than what's currently happening that we're supposed to agree with blindly, where this the state police have to sit outside and keep people from shutting it. Nope, 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 nope. It's their right. But if 99% of the town doesn't want that in their town, who has the say of what happens in that town? Mm. And so it's the, the state is the only thing keeping that alive, much like what we disagree with with businesses. It's like, well, a lot of businesses have the uh, perceived monopoly on industry only because the state is keeping other people from giving right. them competition. If I don't want you in my town... And I don't have the right to uh, voice that in a way that reaches, you know, that end. Then if, if I don't have the ability to have any say so of what happens in my community, then my community has been taken over. Right. And that's how people see it, because the left has already understood this for a long time. If you don't let me have drag queen story time, I will pick it outside the courthouse. I will threaten judges i will start running for office and start buying off politicians and we're going to go get that we're going to go get that to to push our culture right this is why i'm saying understand the world for what it is and play the game as it is currently being played otherwise you will just be run over by it yeah so would part of your going further with mises you said you wanted it to go further would part of your going further with mises then be making it a little bit more republican more like the um, GOP? Just, I think that they would be fine if they just stuck in the pocket of Ron Paul, <laughs> who was a right-leaning, I guess nowadays he would look like a far-right, you know, right. extremist. Um, and see, that's, a, that's another thing. If I just hold the same position long enough, I will become an extremist because yeah. the culture will move so far For in sure. one direction. When it's like, I just was standing here. Mm -hmm. like, the, yeah. And so I would say, no, stay in the pocket of the Ron Paul message and you'll be fine, which uh, I'm I'm self-admitting that, yeah, that's that's right wing. If Ron Paul would have never been like, you know, I think if a virus comes around, we should probably shut everything down for a good two years. And if people want to protest and burn down apartment buildings in Minneapolis, we should not only not stop it, but I really hope that spreads like, no, he would he would say, yeah, that needs to be shut down by any means necessary because people are getting hurt even if that requires the state doing it. I would prefer it didn't, but that's the mechanism that we'll have to utilize to get this to stop. And just saying that, I can hear myself going, man, CNN would have a field day ripping me a new one. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's what we used to believe as a society that 
no, uh, exposing children to these things and forcing unknown medication and everything that we've gone through in the last two to five, six years is just, it's not normal. And just even trying to strive for some former formal normalcy seems extreme. And that's, that's a scary spot to be in, I think. So I have no desire to like save myself and just go with the flow because I don't like where the flow is going anyway. Right. Um, so yeah, as far as the Mises, um, we've, we've mentioned it a couple of times. I want the Mises messaging to go further because currently, for example, one thing that was uh, accomplished in Reno was they struck down some planks, some former planks of the Libertarian Party. Um, and they, they replaced some. They just deleted some. Um, for example, they, there was one that was dubbed the woke plank. The racism one, the bigotry one. Yeah. Yep. So it's a long paragraph, but there was just one particular line in it that had, had been uh, voted in back in the, I think, early to mid 70s. The party was established in 71, I believe. And I think in 1974, they added this line about we condemn bigotry as irrational and repugnant. And they kept it in from, I think, 74 to like 1980. And then they got rid of it because they didn't think it was needed anymore. Like the point was made, like bigotry was an issue coming out of the civil rights you know, era and going into the eighties, they didn't feel that it was really necessary to be sitting there because it, they felt that the culture around them, that wasn't really a, uh, as serious of an issue as a, as a prevalent of an issue as it was coming out of the sixties. So they got mm. rid of it and then they brought it back in, I believe in 2008. And I could be off on these dates. I don't have anything written down. I'm just going off of memory. But they didn't bring it in until, around, I think, around 2008. So it's been out of the party for, I think, longer than it's been in the party. And the current regime, the Mises regime, wanted to strike it from the plank, strike it from the record. And which makes the left-leaning people lose their shit. Like, well, right. if you're getting rid of it then that must mean that you're, you're pro-racist pro bigotry. Right. And it's like, this is what I'm talking about. This is like, this is the kind of mindset and thought pattern that needs to, you're not serious about anything. Like you're, you're, you're trying to stave off the next uh, offense, you know, right. Oh, when's the next time I'm going to be offended? Because I think deep down, everybody knows that words are now violence. I've, we've been, I've been told that, mm -hmm. um, Obviously, I'm just joking, but they, <laughs> your opposition sure would like you to think and believe that words are violence. And right. therefore, they will counteract that by calling anybody they disagree with a bigot, mm. a racist, and a whatever phobe. Yep. Which um, still has weight to it and power behind it. And so I was like, yeah, we're not going to use that language. We're going to stop using terminology that is only thrown back at us. We're not exactly. going to uphold your your words because uh they've now been weaponized against why you know why would i why would i do that so all they did and so spike cohen who ran as the vice president candidate in 2020 behind joe jorgensen is the one that rewrote this line so they they recommended that the we condemn bigotry as irrational and repugnant to be replaced with we uphold and defend the rights of every person regardless of their race, ethnicity, 
or any other aspect of their identity, which is like too many words. Yeah. yeah like, the other planks have a lot more words. The anti-war plank goes on for like a dissertation. I mean, if you're going to, you're going to talk about what has too many words. It... And I hate that, but I hate that because you're still leaning into yeah. all of these different identity groups. We're going to respect those and we see them to be real. Like there's value in them when we don't libertarians do not put any value on race, ethnicity, or any other aspect of identity. So why even have it in there? It, this is what I would have said it should have been. We uphold and defend the rights of every person. That's it. Because that what includes if, every race, ethnicity, sex, gender. It, that's everybody. You can save a lot of commas. Yeah. Sure. And it, I do agree with you that for a libertarian, that view is that that you know, regardless of et cetera, is redundant. But you yourself just spoke about having to work with the current political climate, right? And work with what is. Mm -hmm. Currently in the political climate, it's, there's a lot of people, people are throwing around various identity terms. And so is that language not kind of a way to just say, hey, we acknowledge that this is part of the discourse. We uphold equal rights regardless of any of this stuff so that's going to be our statement goodbye is that not just a way of working with what is and still retaining one's principles i think the best way to make an argument where you even stand out is to make it known that you're not even going to use those terms yes that would be different and so i i uh i graduated from the morgan freeman uh school on racism and that is <laughs> if you want to end it just stop talking about it Right. Stop addressing it the way that it's being discussed, because you talking about it isn't going to change the fact that because he also understands that true racism isn't going to be a discussion. It, it, it's not going to be something that someone's talked out of. Um, it's how they're raised. That's an entire life cycle. And it's a very small number of people. Um, it, it's actually a pretty phenomenal thing that actual Nazis are like less than 200 people. And white supremacists, at least before uh, the last five years, were so insignificant. But they've gotten all this airtime because we just yeah. can't shut up about them. Do you think you're making more or less of those people by doing that? And so with that being my mindset, stop. Just go back to what your principles actually are. And that is stop breaking down people by that. I don't care if that's the national conversation. You will. You will pierce through everybody being used to hearing this language by stop using it and make it known that you're not going to use it. And now yeah. you push that message and now you're doing something different. This is nothing different. This is this is just saying I'm going to take away the one word bigotry because that's what can be used against us. But I'm still going to uphold all these other uh, pillars of identitarianism. Maurice, I'm not gonna let you I, have the floor because it's been like a year since you've. No, 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 no. You're good. I, I, I'm enjoying it because I, I, I was, I, I, I will say I lost my way when, when, um, when Jim started talking about secession. So <laughs> that's what I was excited for. I was like, I was like, yeah, y'all, you go your way and I'll go mine, and 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 um, and we can make all that happen. So by all means, and and, and I, I can, I can see where where that um that that comes in because it's it's where you where if 
if if we did what Magoo is is talking about, what, what Jim is talking about is saying, hey, regardless of regardless of of of, of your person or whatever the case may be, um, then that that negates any well well what about our well what about this person well are they a person well yes okay so they fall under that and and so you because a, a, what i see a lot of times is is being in libertarian spaces being a libertarian you fight against everybody calling you anything and everything mm-hmm. under the sun you're transphobic because you don't have this in your bio you you're this that and third or whatnot and if you just make a blanket statement of every single person that's it they're like, well, well, what about this? Do they fall into that category? Are they a person? Well, yes. Yes. Then okay. Then like it's 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 that simple. And and then you're not you're not you're not kowtowing to what we don't want to kowtow to in the first place, you know, as, as far as what Jim was talking about, you know, the 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 drag queen hours and, and, and things of that nature and, and and whatnot. And so I um I where 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 I would I, I would push a little back would be just the the hey i want the state to come in and 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 do my (laughs) and do my bidding for me as well too you know like hey the sheriff's gonna shut this place down so like if it's i'll say this like if it's a if it is a public library by all means like yeah the sheriff can come in and shut that stuff down why because that's public like everybody needs to agree on it or nobody gets to use it like like that's that's how i'm gonna if if everybody's putting money into it and you're going to call this what it is and you're going to say it's a democracy and this that and third or whatnot then by all means i should have a say as to if drag queens are showing up there or not and if we can't agree then the only thing that you do at a library is, is get books that would, is it would you apply that to the books in the library too if ever if, if not everyone agrees that no 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 because because books are you making a conscious effort to go in and check something out and leave like like okay. you were not you were not pushing that onto anybody else okay. you, th- th- there is no like a hey yeah you know it's 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 not being forced on you can go into a public library and check out whatever book because that's discourse like like i i'm not going to negate discourse or whatnot but if you're you are not going to use my funds to have to subject children to male to male parts like that's for where I'm from, that's sexual abuse, that's sexual assault, and you need to go to jail for that. And that is why I said that the state should come in. If you're if for the, sure, if, if they're going to utilize the state to allow that to happen, then right. it's literally no different if the state shuts that down. You're still right. only existing because of the state, or my beliefs are only being upheld because of the state. Either way, you're you're using the state. I'm going to use the state. Let's use the state. But I also say that because of messaging, because yeah. I know that that sounds extreme, and that's going to get people going hey wait a minute but that isn't this what it will do hopefully will either start a conversation or let somebody know that i'm never going to be on your side so just move away from me but the people that i want to speak with are the ones that won't do that and that will be like wait a minute what are you talking about there you're talking about using the state yes because children are involved children there's a reason why uh if you go to prison for harming a children the other prisoners no matter how vile they are Mm. will f you up and likely kill you because even criminals know that there's a line. And yeah. the fact that here in you know polite society, we're not supposed to act like that line exists. Like, are the criminals now better than us? Mm. Um, and plus, it, it allows us to have the conversation that if there were no kids in there, yeah, I don't care. I don't care. Mm-hmm. If a bunch of grown men want to dance around like women for other grown men that are into that, 
Um, just as long as it doesn't become the prevailing thing that sweeps the nation and you have your little corner to do it and you literally don't, you change clothes before you come walking out to, you know, go to Waffle House. If I don't know about it, then I can't be against it. But if you flaunt it in my face and force me to accept it, I'm going to fight against you because right. you are putting your, I'm not, I'm not coming up, putting up, you know, pictures of me, uh, acting in a sexual manner and saying, you know, support this bigot. Well, that would sound I, I didn't bring up the texts you just did so <laughs> every now and then i out myself i can't help it one of these days i'll get good at this but no it was more of just to to add to the conversation knowing that that would likely come off a little harsh for sure um because i know both of you guys and i like both of y'all yeah and so <laughs> if it led if it led to a well i don't know about that well now we're having a conversation right um it, it, but it's also there's a little bit of truth behind it and that is see the world for for what it is understand politics for what they are mm -hmm. play in the field that you are in not the one that you you know build it and they will come fantasy right. land exactly um, live in the world as it exists don't sit there and demand the world come to you as right. you want it to be and that's the easiest way that i can probably put it i can agree with that unless you're writing a plank about <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, I'll have a problem. The, the what is the li what is the limiting principle conversation will probably take another three three episodes. But that's that's why this is so much fun. That's why we we love to have you on. So definitely. No, definitely. you guys let me go. Uh, Y'all just let me rant and rant and rant and good lord, uh, I don't. I love it. <laughs> I I can I, do that with the best of them. Hopefully, I, hopefully, I love it. hopefully it, it tracked and made sense. I have a tendency of starting down a pathway. And then seeing like a squirrel and like four more alleyways. And then next thing I know, I'm on like a different city block and don't even know how to get back. <laughs> like then I the get cops lost. should come in, drag queen story hour at 08. They I should. was actually just, I was trying to, to like provoke you. And, and yeah, it's, yeah. No, but it, it's. Yeah. Next I, thing I know, I got makeup on and I've lost myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're, oh. no, I, I, there are, there are contradictions that I perceive and I also enjoy discussing them with you because we have had these and, and um, the listeners of the podcast aren't privy to the amazing discussions that we have after hours on the Good Morning Liberty uh, group chat um, where we just go and go and go. And at one point we solved Israel and Palestine. That was fantastic. But <laughs> so, yeah, I, I see. I forgot how to do that, but I know that we did. I forgot what? to. It's fine. It's, I yeah. mean, yeah, there'll, there'll be another moment to do that. I'm sure. So. <laughs> Yeah. So, Jim, where can our listeners find you, follow you, all that, all that lovely stuff? Any shameless plugs? Not shameless at all. All the plugs you want to give to our millions of listeners, please go ahead and do them right now. Well, if they're so inclined to hear how I can actually be the reasonable one in another group <laughs> of three people, they can uh, they can go check out uh, Ignore the Rant podcast where. It's me and my two buddies that are uh, not politically affiliated by any means. They definitely don't share my political beliefs, but because I know that I'm in uh, friendly territory here, I know that I can say some things that will, that I don't know if I would say even on my own podcast, because mm -hmm. uh, I don't think my co-host would even understand what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but we discuss current events and, and news stories sometimes the big ones sometimes we'll find out really niche ones and uh just have as much goofy 
uh, adolescent level humor fun. I mean, it is not safe for work. It is not for kids. We <laughs> we say all the words, and um, and we go pretty hard, but we have fun with it. So if you're into, I don't know, guy talk, dirty humor, uh, just cutting up with the boys, then uh, yeah, come check us out. Ignore the rant. You can follow me on Twitter at Magoo underscore itr, and that's about all the places I want people to know I exist. <laughs> <laughs> not your only fans you're not giving that out on the public podcast no no not ready for that uh I'm, i would have to change my entire plank if i well yeah exactly <laughs> put the drag queen story hour back in for that yeah that, that'll come out later when i have to then my contrarianness has to start defending them yeah so. yeah I'm keeping that in my back pocket for a few more awesome. years. <laughs> awesome, awesome, exactly. Well, thank you again for coming onto the show. We greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate you. It is always a great conversation. Um, again, if you want to find anywhere Jim is located, again, at Magoo underscore ITR for Ignore the Rant, and you can find his podcast. I'm assuming anywhere podcasts are available. You can yep. do all of that. Um, go check his stuff out. Do all of that, and we'll be back with another episode of Civil Discord, your weekly dose of radical curiosity. Until then, y'all be easy. Stay fierce.